Welcome, 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 my podcast friends. We are back with an all-new special holiday episode of the What the Niche podcast, and I am your holly jolly host, Andrew Morris. It's been a few weeks since I put out my last episode, and I am excited to be back. Now, during my time away from this podcast, I have been busy continuing work on the new channel called What the Skit. I cannot wait to get the hilarious work my buddies Eric Chavez, Dusty Sutherland, my beautiful wife Emily Morris, and I have put together. Also amidst my brief sabbatical, I appeared on the Dastardly Dingo's Holiday Special episode. I had a blast with Brian Rodman and Jeremy Woodring, and I cannot wait for their Season 3 to start back up next year. So, that's enough of playing catch-up. Let's get on to this week's episode. In this week's special holiday episode, I am sitting down with a department store Santa who shares stories about the season of Christmas. Look, Daddy, teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. Who's that? Santa Claus. Welcome to the family, Buster. <laughs> Look at this relatives already, huh? <laughs> Wallace and Davis are flat, you know. We've got to get some loot. We've got to take the show to Chicago or oh, Boston. No, no. I, I can't make it. Huh? I'm going to be very busy. I, wait a minute. I'll join you. <laughs> From what I see now, that'll cut through the murkiest storm they can dish up. What I'm trying to say is, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It will be an honor, sir. Oh, you don't believe that, do you? Mm-mm. You see, my mother's Mrs. Walker, the lady who hired you. Oh. But I must say, you're the best-looking one I've ever seen. Really? Your beard doesn't have one of those things that goes over your ears. Well, that's because it's real. Just like I'm really the Santa Claus. It's Christmas Eve. It's, it's the one night of the year when we all act a little nicer. We, we, we smile a little easier. We... We, 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 we share a little more. For a couple of hours out of the whole year, we are the people that we always hoped we would be. The Griswold family Christmas tree. Isn't it a little big? It's not big, it's just full. Dad, that thing wouldn't fit in our yard. Not going in our yard, Russ. It's going in our living room. This is extremely important. Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. No toys, nothing but Peter, Kate, Buzz, Megan, Linny, and Jeff. And my aunt and my cousins. And if he has time, my Uncle Frank. Okay? What list? Come on, A list. He's making a list. Checking it twice. What, Santa? What? Don't forget the Grinch. I know he's mean and hairy and smelly. His hands might be cold and clammy. But I think he's actually kind of sweet. Sweet! You don't think he's sweet? Merry Christmas, Santa. Nice kid. Bad judge of character. So, Dad, we plan out our whole day. First, we'll make snow angels for two hours, and then we'll go ice skating, and then we'll eat a whole roll of Toll House cookie dough as fast as we can, and then, to finish, The Christmas season is one which is filled with many traditions and memories. Those look different for everyone. For me, Christmas is rooted in so many things. My family didn't always have everything we wanted. 
but on Christmas morning, we could forget our shortcomings and just bask in the love we had for each other. The arguing and bickering curbed by the magic of the day. As the wrapping paper created small heaps of giving around the room. Eyes gleamed as the things we never thought we would have appeared in our laps. The cinnamon and orange rolls in the oven filled the house with aromatic bliss. The two reclining chairs occupied Mr. and Mrs. Claus of the house, surrounded by four loving brothers and sisters who sat in the middle of a gaudy Christmas wonderland. And on the eve of Christmas, we were ornaments on the floor as my father read the night before Christmas in voices he only did to entertain us kiddos. The remainder of the evening we spent creating fortresses of slumber, lying in front of the brightly illuminated television screen, watching the Muppets and Scrooge work their magic with Dickens' classic tale. And as I grew older, the traditions changed. Music became a large part of the holiday. I became one of many voices in a grand choir. We created new moving messages through our unified harmonies. And I learned what it meant to give and realize why my parents smiled when they barely had anything to open from under the tree. The warmth I felt when I made someone else light up with joy far outweighed the happiness provided by anything I had ever unwrapped. New friends and family began to fill our lives and we started our own traditions. The parties we hosted became synonymous with the season, every year counting the days to when we get to share our gifts with those we hold dear. The fireplace roaring, friends laughing, games being played, tons of food being eaten, and best of all, realizing we have built a foundation for a tradition to call our own. The extension of the miraculous ability of this season as the busy schedules and long distance relationships with our friends and family no longer get in the way. And people find a way to make it out to be with those they love during this season. People find a way to be a little more decent to one another. People find a way to be more giving. People find a way to mend the things that are broken. People find a way to smile more often. People find a way to laugh more easily. And people find a way to simply show the world how to love and how to be loved. And as I sit in my office cut off from much of the world, typing this love letter for the season, during one of the toughest years on memory, I think back to how the meaning of Christmas has changed for me. So despite having to distance ourselves this year, know the love from friends and family is still there. The tree still shines in spirit, even in the absence of a celebration. The gifts will still dazzle those kiddos. The tales will still be told and still amaze new generations. The cookies will still be baked. The ornaments will still be hung. The movies will still be watched and still be quoted. But no matter what life throws at us, we are all still here together. And I truly hope everyone has a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. What better way to celebrate the holiday season than with the big guy himself, Santa Claus? Today we will do just that with our guest, George Smithers. He is a father, husband, teacher, entrepreneur, and the purveyor of joy during this time of year. In our conversation, we discuss the varying unique experiences George has had during his time portraying Santa Claus. We also discuss the distinctive encounters he has had as an African-American Santa Claus, 
Our conversation ranges from discussions of the joys of Christmas to the stresses caused by being outside the societal norms associated with varying figures and traditions. I found our chat to be uplifting, enlightening, and important, and I hope it brings you some joy during this difficult holiday season. My name is George Smithers. Uh, I am a um, educator by uh, education. I actually went to the University of Louisville and I have a dual certification for regular ed and special ed, although I never taught because I went into factory work at Ford Motor Company. And then once I got spoiled uh, with the factory work, I kind of stuck with it, it uh, rose up the ranks, became supervisor and what have you. So uh, from there, I've always been a family man. So I got married at 18 to uh, the love of my life, Brenda Smithers. And we have four beautiful children and eight beautiful grandchildren. And that's actually what uh, took me into the next phase of my life that I'm in now, which is uh, being a professional Santa. So I was Santa for my children and my grandchildren, a host of nieces and nephews, and now great nieces and nephews. So it's always been, Christmas has always been big with our family. I'm uh, number 10 of 11 children. So my mother and father had seven girls, four boys. So 10 of 11. Oh, bless her heart. Yeah, she did. (laughs) Uh, She's actually still living um, right now. So she's, uh, she's going through a really difficult time right now. So we're praying that, um, um, the Lord lets her see uh, this year through. We're not really sure it's really touch and go right now, but uh, we know that she's in good hands. Um, so with that being said, I don't want to get emotional. Um, with that being said, that's how we came to embody Christmas because events at my house as a child, no matter what holiday it was, whether it was uh, Christmas, 4th July, Easter, Memorial Day, Labor Day, if it was a holiday uh, my parents, my mother and my father, who actually, uh, uh, as an African-American male, you know, it, it's particularly today is quite unusual to have a family unit where both parents are in the house and they're working. But my parents work for the government. So um, I was raised in a really good neighborhood. My parents had good jobs. So we had decent incomes. Um, so I was fortunate to be able to grow up with experiencing, um, I guess what you would call normal things. There wasn't a holiday, a birthday, a sporting event, whatever we were involved in as kids, our parents, particularly my dad, was always there. Baseball games, football games, track meets, basketball games, um, you name it, whatever sport that the kids did, my dad was on the sideline, you know, rooting, screaming, hollering, you know, all those kinds of things. My mom would come every now and then, but she was pretty much a homebody. She took care of the house. Um, not trying to say that that's where women should be. That's just what she did. And I think that's because she was born in the 30s and that's what her mom did. So she just did what what she had been taught to do. So anyway, um, back to the Santa. Um, I actually got into that because Christmas was always a really big deal. Uh, with my mom. She always decorated and put up little small villages and lights and the Christmas tree and candies and would bake and the house would have this uh, excellent aroma around Christmas from the candy yams, the macaroni and cheese, the dressing, the turkey. I mean, just, it was incredible. Um, So I grew up that way. So as I got older and got married, of course, that's what we did. Um, so I started decorating. And then as we started to have children, um, I decided that, you know, uh, I wanted my children to be able to see a positive reflection of the folks that they were wanting to get stuff from in me. So I started playing Santa and it kind of expanded from there and, and, and to where I am today. That's that's beautiful, man. And there's so many things in there that I can definitely um, relate to. Uh, I grew up in a home. Uh, I grew up poor, 
Um, but Christmas is like the one time a year and probably <laughs> problematically. So uh, my parents would just go ham. I mean, they would they would just do everything that they could for us uh, at Christmas. My mom, much like yours. I mean, my wife, <laughs> she told me uh, when we first started decorating, when we bought a new house, our first house, she's like, uh, sweetheart, um, I don't know how to tell you this, but I don't want you to decorate like your mom. And I was like, what? And because uh, my mom would decorate every doorway with garland and lights and little Santas above the entryway and every little piece of furniture in our living room had some sort of knickknack or something on it. And, you know, my wife in there, the sweetest way she could, she's like, baby, um, that's a little much. And I was like, OK, that's fine. So we, um, you know, I bought a nine foot Christmas tree because we had vaulted ceilings and like. I mean, we just decked it out, made it look like a Macy's department store Christmas tree. It was just absolutely gorgeous. And uh, I was so proud of what we did. And we made it ours. I mean, it looked like a, a Christmas card. We get people that would come in. Your house looks like a magazine. And I'm like, yeah, because it means that much to me. You know, much like you, it was one time of year when I was a kid that, you know, not to say that our house was ever empty on love, but we, we didn't always have what, what we wanted. We always had what we needed, but we didn't always have what we wanted. And so one time a year, my parents would put bills off and everything just to make it magical. And they would catch up for months just to make that day special. And some of my favorite memories come from that. You know, my mom bought me tickets to Phantom of the Opera and I cried because the, the show was sold out and I didn't know she had bought the tickets three months in advance. Um, and she just laughed when I was like, mom, I couldn't get tickets to the show. And she's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I opened the gift and it was just magical. You know, she's like a, a gift for me and you as mom and mom and son, a special night out. And I was like, Oh, so I, I totally get where you're coming from with that. And I'm glad that you're taking that upon yourself to make that magic for other families and, you know, make those moments. I think that's phenomenal. It's awesome. Um, so one of the questions I like to start off with, uh, and you've already kind of given some background as to how you got into it. Uh, I'm curious to see what sort of uh, assumptions that people make about you, um, not only as a Santa, but I know that you probably are presented with some unique things uh, as being a, a, an African-American Santa. So what are some of those things that you've encountered? Uh, actually, uh, honestly, when it comes to uh, being a Santa, I don't experience a whole lot of negativity from the children when when I'm in the seat and we're waiting on children, I normally hear them before I see them because I hear this big yell, Santa, 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 and then they come running, uh, you know, toward me. So I don't, I, I don't really experience that a lot uh, as it relates to the children. What I have, however, seen is that, well, let me uh, give you a story. I received a call from someone uh, about two years ago and they wanted me to go on tour for them. Um, so when they called me, I'm like, okay, this sounds like a great opportunity. Can you tell me a little bit about your company and what they do? So the lady went on to explain that they were one of the largest Santa companies and, you know, they represented so many different malls. And, you know, then she kind of turned what I felt was kind of negative. Cause like, I'm not going to try to convince you to do this. This is an excellent opportunity for you. Like she was doing me a favor, but, but, you know, you called me. So I said, I said, excuse me, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, uh, anger you in any kind of way. I just want to make sure that if I'm making a decision to do something, I want it to be an informed decision. So, you know, just tell me a little bit about who you are. Uh, and, you know, what you would have me doing. She said, well, I wouldn't send you to uh, a, a, an area where, you know, you wouldn't be received. You know, if 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 you're an African-American Santa, we would send you to an area where, you know, you would be received. So I'm like, well, I don't want to work for you. You know, if, if I can't be looked at as a Santa, that I have to be looked at as African-American Santa. But just, I mean, and, and yeah, I am African-American Santa. I think I'm a beautiful African-American Santa, but I don't do it because I'm African-American. I do it because of the spirit of the season, the spirit that I grew up with, the spirit of love, giving, caring, sharing. So it's it's all about the, the spirit of the season. And that's what I represent. I don't represent a color. You know, I don't represent a, necessarily a race. I represent a spirit. 
And that spirit of giving and love and kindness and bringing smiles and allowing children to, you know, grant, you know, uh, you know, give a wish and then say that back to the child loud enough for the parent to hear it, hoping that that parent would do as you and our parents did, which is make that sacrifice to make that child's dream come true. So for me, it's not about being African-American or black or or any of that. It's about representing the spirit of the season, which is what I try to raise my children on. I just wanted them to see that representation come from their, their dad, their, their, their grandpa. Uh, even to this day, man, it's, it's really funny because I have eight grandchildren and my grandchildren will call me Papa until I put on that Santa suit. It's funny. You and don't I- look that tired. <laughs> i mean i'm just saying you look you look well for eight grandkids you look great man, 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 my, but you know i man, my family is the most important thing to me I, I i tell you they they are and i have four kids they're all grown my oldest is 35 my baby is 24 and wow. if i don't if i don't decorate for christmas man they will Dad, you're not putting up the train set. You're not putting up the village. You know, you, are you serious? It won't be Christmas if you don't do that. So I have to work overtime to make sure that the, the kids, the grown kids are still happy. And of course, the grandkids get to enjoy it, too. But what I was saying is they, they'll, they'll call me Papa until I put on that suit. Now, my oldest uh, uh, grandchildren are twins and they're 15, uh, uh, Samaya and Samuel. Uh, and and all of them call me Papa. Until I put on that suit. When I put on that suit, I'm Santa. And that's what they call me. That's that's the way they address me. It's like Santa. And I'm thinking, well, I'm Papa Santa. No, you're Santa. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. And for those who can't see, uh, the, of course, this being an audio podcast, he's doing it right. He has the real beard. Uh, I assume that none of that's color. Uh, as far as you adding the white, that's all natural. That's all natural. That's all, everything you see is natural. Um, now, now when I uh, actually go on tour, I do use the places where you see the little bit of black that hasn't actually turned completely white. I do add a little coloring to that uh, to, to get it closer. So the beard lo- looks all the same, but this is all natural. Uh, we groom it, you know, uh, 365 days a year. We keep it trimmed. Um, we condition it. We use a couple different products. I won't, endorse anybody tonight but uh, i do have some things peppermint oil in that beard i do not uh (laughs) so 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 actually uh, a cast oil if you if you want your beard to grow so every now and then um i'll go ahead and wash my beard not i uh, now that it's starting to turn white white uh i went ahead and got the shimmering lights uh to help uh make sure it doesn't turn yellow to keep it white so I'll use that shimmering lights and then I'll uh, go up to my wife and say, babe, I need you to oil me, oil me down real good. So she'll lay me across her lap. She'll part my beard and we just use a little castor oil. So she puts a little castor oil on her finger and then wipes it through my beard all through. And then she'll massage it up real good and then I'll, I'll comb it out and what have you. So that's that's one of the things we do. But we do. We do a lot. Well, it's on point. It's on point. You're doing it right. I love it. Um well, I am curious to get into some of the stories because I'm sure that you have a bunch. Um, so I would like to first know what's the most memorable moment that you've had as a Santa. Uh, so uh, last year, um, well, actually, I met a I met a young child. I guess it was three years ago. Um, and basically, what I did is, um, well, 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 this is how this really got. Get, 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 got to go public. One year I dressed up as Santa because my family now is so large with uh, 11 brothers and sisters, everybody married, everybody with kids. Uh, our kids are grown, so they're now having kids. So, you know, my mother has great grandchildren now and a lot of them. Uh, we can no longer meet in anyone's house because everybody's house is just too small to house everybody. So we have to rent buildings now. Oh, wow. So, so, so one year we rented, uh, we, we rented a building and I told my wife, I said, I'm going to dress up as Santa. I said, I told all my uh, nieces and nephews to bring a toy that you want me to give to your child. We'll put it in a bag. I'll take pictures with them and then I'll give them the toy. So, uh, we were going through that and, and we decided then it was going to take up every, everybody in the family would get their family together and take a picture with me. And I got with my mom and, uh, at that time she was about 84. So it's been about four years ago. Uh, so I'm sitting next to my mom, we're taking a picture and she starts laughing uncontrollably. 
she was just giggling. So I'm like, mom, you know, what is wrong with you? She said, I've never seen an African-American Santa. So in 84 of her years of life, she never seen a live African-American Santa. She's she seen them on TV or in whatever um, venue that she was able to, to see them, but she never saw one in person. So I said to my wife on the way home, I said, sweetie, we got to make this guy public. And she said, who? I said, Santa. She said, what are you talking about? So I gave her the story about my mom. And the next year we started doing private sessions in our studio as I'm a professional photographer. Um, so that's kind of how we got started um, uh, on the professional circuit was doing it out of our studio. But the, but the one, one of the things I was very sad to you about this remember moment about so about that same time uh, we set up in the Lowes Mall for the very first time being public public in a in a mall so Lowes Mall in Louisville Kentucky uh, a good friend of mine uh, said look come in I'm not going to charge anything set up uh, if you make any money you know a substantial amount of money we'll split it if not just you know just keep it I I just want to I just want to help you so we set our little setup there's a daycare upstairs. And a mother came in to get her child. The child actually was um, a mixed child. Um, and her and her mom come downstairs and she sees me. And she wants to take pictures with me. So she takes pictures with me. Her mom writes me on Facebook and says, hey, you really made my daughter's day. She said Santa's skin was brown just like hers. And that meant the world to her. So this child, every single year, no matter where I am, she makes sure she comes to see me. So last year when I was in Merlin, uh, the lady contacted me and said, hey, Santa, where are you going to be? Are you going to be in Louisville? I said, no, I'm going to be you know, on tour. I'm leaving early November. She said, where are you going to be? I said, I'm going to be in Merlin. She said, great. I've got a family up there. We'll come up during Thanksgiving so Layla can see you because she's been talking about you all year. So I'm, so I'm sitting in the seat on the set and the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, up walks Layla and her mom and surprises me out of nowhere. And it was, it was absolutely fantastic. You should have seen her face. It lit up like, like never before she had this great big smile. She came running and hugged me, Santa. And I'm thinking, you know, this is why I do this. This is why I do it. That's yeah, that's, that's pretty great. Yeah. And I wonder, I know you said you've been doing it, what, three, four years now? Well, uh, uh, on, on the on the professional circuit. So in terms of being out public, uh, I think this is our fourth year. Yes, our fourth year, public, public. Uh, but I've been doing it for about 14 years because my grandbabies are 15 years because I, I really started, by, I bought the suit and started actually dressing up when my first set of twins were born. So, and they're 15. So yeah, about, about 15 years total. Okay. Right on. So <clears throat> as you've been doing it, um, how has it changed? How has the reception of you doing that changed? Is it, do you think people are becoming more open to the idea? Uh, because we talked a little bit, but before we started, uh, you said that you never really catch much issue with the kids. It's the adults who have this perception that Santa is a white figure and so on and so forth, even though we're talking about a whimsical, magical figure who's supposed to bring joy to the world. Yet there's some sort of, you know, block in their mind that th this is going to be an OK thing. Has it changed? Have people become more open over that time, you think? I, I think so. So um, another memorable moment uh, that and this is going to answer your question uh, that I had when I was in Maryland, uh, I was on set and three little kids came up two two mothers, two little boys, a little girl. So let's say it was Tommy, uh, James and Susie. I, I don't know the kids' names, but I will just use those for the sake of the story. Uh, they come up. Uh, so Tommy it was a little bad when he was, you know, making faces and putting up bunny ears and squatting and laying on the ground. And, you know, so the parents, oh, come on, Tommy, you know, we've been in this line a long time and I bought you all this way, you know, to get these pictures. Come on, give, 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 give me a good picture. Cause you know, we're going to pay a lot of money for these pictures. Uh, so finally Tommy gives them the picture they want. So the parents go off to pay for the pictures. Uh, the three little kids walk, they were all white walks off. And I hear Tommy say to the other two kids, that's not the real Santa because the real Santa's peach. 
So I overheard them. So I said, hey, guys, come back over here. So they came back over. I said, uh, what makes you think I'm not real? And he says, well, the real sign is peach. I said, oh, really? I said, um, is my beard real? And they kind of said, no, you can touch it. You can pull it if you want. So he reaches over and pulls. It. He's like, yeah. So uh, I said, uh, would Santa know his reindeer? He said, yeah. So I said, okay, uh, here are my reindeer. I said, Dasher and Dancer, Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid, Donner and Blitzen, and the most famous reindeer of all, Rudolph, of course, and ho, 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 ho. Their eyes got real big. I said, no, by the way, Susie, I said, uh, that doll you want, my elf peanut is working on your doll right now. About that time, the parents finished it out. Guys, we're ready. So they walk off, and I hear Tommy turn back to him and says, you know, the real Santa might not be peach. He could be brown. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's that's movie stuff. That's Disney movie stuff right there. That's great. Oh, yeah, it was it, that, that that was funny. That was really funny. So yeah, I do think I do think it's changing because you know now when I'm on set, if if parents come up with the kids, they want them to take pictures with me, uh, and I, and I think it is because you know I am different from what their normal Santa would be when they bring their child. Um, I mean, and I I have a lot of folks, you know, uh, know, Caucasian folks and Asian folks and um, um, uh, Spanish speaking folks, you know, who bring their children when they find that I'm coming to town. Cause I have a, I have a, I have a Facebook page, I have Instagram page and folks follow me. I've got like a following now. So if if I'm going to be in the area, you know, they will actually say, "Hey, I'll be there." And when they come, they'll let me know, "Hey, I, 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 I'm, I'm the one that you know contacted you on Facebook." And you know, they make themselves known. So I think it is changing. It is getting better, but I wish it would get better, so that we would have representation uh, of African American uh, Santas uh, and other important figures in children's lives everywhere, not just in places where you know those communities are. But where we are just in every mall for whatever the reason. Yeah. Yeah. It should. I'm, I'm with you. I, I think it shouldn't even become an issue. You should just be Santa, you know, but as right. of right now, it's it's wild. You know, you see and you're like, oh, wow, this is something so different. Um, I know when I reached out, I, I created a post, you know, kind of gauging the waters because uh, I wanted to do some, you know, some special episodes for December and your name popped up and I looked and I was like, wow, this is so cool. You know, and I was just blown away because it is so different. And I'm hoping it becomes as uh, ubiquitous as anything else. You know, it just becomes so commonplace that it's you don't even bat an eye. You go, oh, yeah, it's Santa. You know, go, oh, it's a black Santa. You know, right. So hopefully those perceptions will change because, like you said, it, it all comes back to. And and I, I hope people understand this. And, and I, you know, I'm not someone of faith. Uh, I am an atheist, but the season means a whole, whole lot to me um, because everybody is a little bit nicer to each other. It's it's just it. They just are. And you get situations where people can be crappy, Black Friday, stuff like that. But the majority of the time, people are really cool. And in my classroom, I don't push my beliefs on any of my kids. I bring in a tree that's a class tree and I tell the kids that they can bring something in from whatever thing they believe at home okay and it's just a community tree it doesn't have to be a christmas tree it's just a representation of the season that means something to me i'm bringing a piece of myself into the classroom and you would you would be amazed i had my muslim students stayed to help decorate the tree and they brought some things from home like pictures of themselves put it on the tree and they were so excited to be a part of the community that we built in the classroom and that magic is the thing that I like to bring out into the world. That's, you know, why I like decorating the outside of my house. And, you know, people drive by and they go, oh, and then you just warm up just a little bit, you know, and the gifts that I give to people. It's, it's not about the gifts. It's about the the act. OK, it's not about the thing. It's not about the materialism of it. Like you said, it's the smell in the house. We had ornaments that smelled like Christmas because they were from Avon and they were fragrant, uh, fragrant. Um, uh, little door hangers. They smelled for 40, 40 years. They smelled like that. And every time we open, we go, oh, it's Christmas. And if my if my siblings are listening to this, they know exactly which ornaments I'm talking about. And the, and the house just had a magical vibe. And it just felt a little better. 
you came downstairs and that warm white light from those uh, lights on the tree and the lights surrounding the doorways and it just made it a little bit brighter. And it sucks that, you know, so many of these department stores and things like that are pushing it earlier and earlier and earlier. And it's all about the bottom line, but it's not for me. And I don't think right. it is for a lot of people, you know, right. and I, I definitely wanted to do something special because it really does mean that much to me, you know, and it, some people I'm like, I, I, I got you a little something. I want to swing by. Oh, I didn't get you anything. I don't care. Right. That's not what I said. I didn't say, we don't need to do a gift exchange. I have something for you that I wanted to do. Don't worry about it. You know, and right. people are like, are you sure? Yeah, I don't. It, It's going to make me happy to give you something. You know, right. and I think that's what we need to remember. Uh, another thing, too, I just I just want to point out really quickly. Um, in most cultures, in most countries outside the United States, everybody you know, whatever it is they want to do, you know, their, their God, their, their personage, their hero is a direct reflection of who those people are in that country. It looks like them. It has their language and nobody says a word, but if the African-American community in America does it, it's a problem. For example, our Jesus can't be black, but if we follow the scripture, the scripture says he had a skin as polished brass. His hair was like wool, eyes of balls of fire. You know, if it's polished brass, he couldn't have been Caucasian. He'd have to be some other ethnicity, right? Yeah. And, and I'm just, and I'm, I'm not trying to get preachy. I'm just stating facts here. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, Santa Claus, because we're in America, he has to be white because the majority of folks in America at the time were white. But if we produce a black Santa, then, oh, that's not the real Santa and Santa's got to be white. When we all know that it's, it's, it's the spirit of Christmas and I'm just representing the spirit. I just happen to be brown. I just happen to be dark skinned. Um, but I'm, but I'm, but I'm, I'm being a representation of what the spirit of Christmas is about. And, and again, for, for me and for my family, it's always been about faith, family, you know, loving, caring, giving, sharing, being close, you know, all those things that make family what family should be. Yeah, uh, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, as you said, everybody's got their own interpretation, their own representation of it. Uh, that was one of my favorite scenes uh, in the Disney movie, The Santa Claus with Tim Allen, when he's in the police station and they're like, what's your name? And he's like, Santa Claus, Chris Kringle. Papa Shisho. And he's going through all the names because right. all these countries have their own representations of this person. And like you said, nobody bats an eye, you know, when you have some olive complected person, you know, from uh, Spain there on the Mediterranean or something like that, which is probably the origins of the story is in that area. So he probably would uh, be of a darker complexion. Um, so I don't understand why it's an issue, um, but I think it's, you know, it's just, you get those customs. Uh, Coca-Cola uh, is a lot of that reason. A lot of people don't realize that, that the modern interpretations, the costumes and things that uh, that we associate date back to World War One. And Coca-Cola put out some postcards and some advertisement things that were the embodiments of what we know as Santa Claus today all come from that. The specific suit, the specific hat, the the style of, of uh, his hair and his beard, things of that nature. Uh, because before it wasn't this snow white beard and all these things, it was kind of like in most of the depictions, it was like a, a salt, uh, salty ash, you know, a dark gray beard. Uh, and then some cultures have the character of Krampus that accompanies right. Santa Claus, the guy that comes and puts your kids in a bag and takes them away. From their bed. <laughs> so right. um, is that the holidays change a lot, you know, yeah. and none of those. And none of those earlier depictions of who Santa was was never in a red suit and a short jacket and fair around the boots. Uh, you know, none of that. Uh, there was always long coats and a long yeah. robe underneath and, you know, burlap, you know, those kinds of things. So we've definitely changed uh, over over time what that uh, persona of Santa should be. My only thing is I just I just I am so uh, convinced 
that, you know, for the African-American community, it's very, very, very important for our children to see figures that they look up to, images that look like them. I think that's important. You know, every every character that they see can't be something other than themselves because that has to have some kind of psychological effect on a child. You it know, does. to never see to never see anybody do anything great that looks like them or do anything wonderful that looks like them or, you know, you, you follow what I'm saying? So, you know, you, you know, it's it, it's it, that that's also important to me um, as a professional Santa. Yeah. And people might think that, you know, if, if you're on the outside looking in and you're, and you're looking at this and you're like, well, is it that big a deal? Well, the psychological effects actually do exist. Uh, in education, they actually did an experiment with uh, with young children, uh, no children older than nine years old, and they all put them in the room. They gave them the options of picking between a white baby and a black baby to take care of, and all of the kids, okay, and it was evenly split, black kids and white kids, and they all went to the white kid because they had this perception that it was better for some reason. You know, and it was what they had seen and they were so accustomed to and they all gravitated toward that. So there really is an in- impact on how these things, um, you know, can can f- get in and change the mind of a, of a young child. Um, maybe not necessarily all negative connotations, but they just might be more accustomed to something. And then later on, they're, they just are, you know, a little less open to change you know, are a little less open or receptive to the things and the people that look like them, which is crazy. Right. You know, we, we're all the sum total uh, of our life experiences. Um, you know, some good, some bad, you know, some indifferent, but we are, we are made up of the events and circumstances and, and, and experiences that we have gone through in life. That's, that's who makes us what we are. Uh, and again, I will, you know, I will say it, you know, to the rooftop. I am so blessed. I am so fortunate to have had loving parents. Uh, I remember growing up as a kid and my, at the time my grandparents were living, uh, my aunts and uncles were living, a lot of my great aunts and uncles were living and they all lived in the same area because back in those days, you know, black folks lived all in one area. So it was nothing for me to be at my great uncle's house or my aunt's and uncle's house on any given day before after school. You know, if my parents had to go somewhere, you know, they'd drop us off at grandma's or one of our aunt's and uncle's house or one of our great aunt's and uncle's house. So we spent time together all the time, our extended family. And it was so nurturing. And I don't think that kids get that today. But that's what I had coming up. And I think that that has made me better. It's just made me a better man, a better husband, a better father, a better citizen in America because I had those kind of nurturing experiences as a child. Oh, for sure. Um, There's a book by a guy named Sebastian Junger. Uh, It's called Tribe. And he talks about that very thing. Uh, he talks about the levels of depression and the, and the levels of su- the suicide rates and things of that nature that have directly correlated with the fact that um, people are becoming honestly kind of separated. Even though we live in these big cities, um, there's a comedian. Um, God, I can't think of his name. Uh, he lives in a uh, high rise in New York City and Jim Norton. That's it. He said there, there's 3000 people that live in this building. I don't know any of them. Right. How crazy is that? So we we forget where we came from. A lot of times it's it's easy to forget that the only way you survived 10,000 years ago is you had to f- rely on the person next to you to hunt for food or, you know, 2000 years ago when we had actually started to cultivate the land. You had to f- really rely on that person so that the crop didn't fail so that your village didn't starve. We don't really have that anymore. So if you don't have that good, strong familial unit, then a lot of times you don't get that nurturing uh, and that love at home that you need. And as a teacher, it's it's un- unfortunate that I see that so much. Um, and you know, I can only do what I can do. I, you know, I see these kids for maybe five hours a week. You know, so I just try to be that that 
rock for them when they come to my class, consistent, showing them that I care and doing what I can, which I think is probably what you're doing with Santa. I mean, if in that 15 minute experience or 10 minute experience or five minutes, you can put a little joy into somebody's life. That's something. Yep. Yep. So, yep. um, I, I'm curious as you being Santa, do you ever find it hard to separate yourself from that character? Like, I know that there's a whole rest of the year. Do you find it's it hard to turn off that switch, especially when you're rocking that beard all year? Uh, you know, man, you know, I don't uh, I don't think I ever really come out of being uh, who I am. I, I think that Santa is just who I am in terms of the spirit, the kindness, the love. Now, you know, um, um, I, I said earlier that I'm that, that, that I'm African-American photographer and and I, I do photography the rest of the year. Um, one of the things that I do experience as an African-American photographer, I can reach out to, say, uh, 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 you know, white clientele. And it's like, oh, you know, you know what kind of pervert are you? You know, why do you want to, you know, uh, schedule me for, a sh- well, you know, this is a business. So I'm trying to get customers. I don't want you personally, but I do want you personally because I want to, you know, I want to do business with you. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so I think that, you know, as an African-American photographer, um, it has been different because it's harder for me to say, reach out to, you know, if, if I want to do fashion shoots and I want to reach out to fashion models, they always have this thing in mind. Oh, you know, he's an older guy, so he must be some kind of pervert. You know, no, I'm, I'm a businessman and I'm, I'm trying to do business. I want to I, I want to use what we're going to do to promote my business, you know, give you something, you know for your portfolio, build something for my portfolio. Um, and then, you know, hopefully we can both benefit from this. You know, I don't want you personally, uh, but, you know, I would like to do business with you personally, um, but it's for financial reasons, it's not for anything, you know, uh, out, outside of, you know, business. Um, so, so I think that uh, in that respect, um, outside of Santa, I experience those kinds of walls those kinds of misperceptions. And if you would ever sit down and talk to me and got to know me, you would know that I'm the most kindest, gentlest person you'll ever meet. And I'll do anything I can to help you as long as it's not hurting me. Yeah. I think in that, in that world, uh, when you're talking about photography and things of that nature, um, cause I'm an actor as well. I've done uh, several plays in the last year or so. And um, there's a lot of ego there. You know, and I think that that probably gets in the way with some of the things of what you're talking about. Oh, you must want me. Everybody wants me. Right. And yeah. sometimes it gets in the way and you, you encounter those divas, especially with people that are absolutely beautiful and gorgeous. You know, they probably are used to people wanting them quite a bit. Um, so and there are creeps out there, unfortunately, that probably, you know, give photographers a bad name. I've heard names. I'm not going to name drop on anybody, but I've heard the horror stories. So, I mean. It, that's got to be a tough gig, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I love it though. It's 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 it, it's a passion. It allows me to be creative. It allows me to use my mind. Um, I can I, I see things and broken down buildings and cars that other folks don't see. I can drive past a a, a carnage and in that carnage I see something beautiful. Um, so. You know, I always, you know, tell my, you know, I even tell my children, look, you can, you can be going through a very bad experience in life, but you can either let that make you or break you. I, I choose to let things I go through make me better, not make me bitter. So you look at what you're going through, you look at a situation and you find the good in whatever's there. And it's going to make you a better person. It's going to make you stronger. Don't ever become a victim of your circumstance. So, you know, and that's the way I approach, you know, when I'm when, when I'm driving through the city looking for locations, you know, uh, most photographers will pass it up. Hey, that's, that's, hey, I would I wouldn't. Yeah. For me, I, w- I would shoot there because I see something you don't see. Man, you really are bringing the uh, the Santa Santa esque vibe to all of the stuff that you're doing. That's great. You're looking for the positive things. That's, that's good. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Like I say, I can't separate myself from that. I, I, I just believe that I, that's who I am. I'm, I, I have that spirit in me. So, it, you know, being the Santa just fits the personality. It fits the spirit of who I am. It, it, it fits, as you said, the vibe of who I am as a person. So I don't have to do anything extra. Yeah. And if it ain't a bumper sticker already, look to be better, not bitter. Well, you ought to, you ought to do that. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's some Forrest Gump stuff. You're like uh, mile yeah, 895 yeah. and you say that just spouting wisdom. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let, let, let me say one thing, Andrew. Yeah, go too. Ahead. I, I, you know, I, I worked with a young lady um, uh, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm, I'm a name dropper because I know she won't mind. Her name's Adrian. She's a white female. She's actually uh, legally blind. Uh, so, you know, we worked together for a number of years and we became really good friends. So she calls me her her black brother from another mother. Uh, and, and I call her my sister. So, you know, we kind of, you know, we get together, you know, she's just part of the family. Uh, but anyway, long, uh, long story short, um, we became so close that folks in my office like, oh, you're doing something with her. You all are doing something. And her and I have never, ever, ever, ever thought about doing anything. We were just that close to each other. That, you know, we just became so close that, you know, we were in several, we were actually like brothers and sisters, but everybody else wanted to make it some ooh, spooky, mysterious relationship. And neither one of us ever thought about each other that way. I knew, you know, her, her, her husband, her children, she knew my wife, my kids, you know, she knew them personally with you know, been to dinner together. She came to my house. I've been to her house. I met her parents. She met my parents. So we were like really, really, really close. Uh, but folks always want to try to make something out of nothing. And, you know, folks, folks need to change how they think. Uh, and, and I, I, you know, a, a, another one of my um, things I like to say about folks, if you're thinking bad about me, it ain't me. You need to check how you think. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, uh, it's probably, um, they're pushing a little bit of themselves on you. So maybe yeah. there's something negative in themselves uh, that they need to, to check. Um, yeah, because a, a lot of probably the, the issue with that was the, the friendship of a, of a black man with a white woman, because, I mean, that's been problematic for years. I mean, it dates back to Emmett Till and the situation with that and the situation of Tulsa and, you know, Black Wall Street and all that stuff is, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's just crazy, you know. So it's like you'd like to think we're further than what we are, but then you see. You know, not to get too deep down the rabbit hole and that stuff. We go on a right. whole socio-political podcast about that stuff, right. but but it's hard right. not to talk about it because it, I mean, it, that, it really yeah, it really is. You know, with, with, with all the stuff that um, went on this year alone around racial injustice um, and 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 all the things that we thought we had overcome and pressed past, just raised its head back up, and we really find out as. A, not as far as we should be, ought to be, or could be if folks just thought differently. So, yeah, I, I definitely agree, man. I definitely agree. And I think this conversation represents the thing that I hope to see. I reached out to you. You didn't know me. Uh, we, we couldn't even remember uh, who recommended you to come on the podcast, and you had no hesitation. I had no hesitation to talk to you. It didn't matter. I was like, right. your story sounds neat. Let's talk. You know, I just saw you as a person I wanted to talk to. And that that's legit. That's that's no bullshitting. <laughs> right. So and and I've done that and made friendships throughout this whole this whole brainchild and uh, of a podcast and really, you know, had some interesting stories and never once hesitated, regardless of someone's sexual orientation or race or any of that. And in a in a time where the world feels so damn divided. We need to pay attention because so often that's what they want you to believe when realistically we're all so similar because we're people. We all have the similar needs. We all want love and affection. We all want to eat. You know, there's all basic necessities. And, you know, if you just sit down and have a, a realistic conversation, not some BS uh, on Facebook or Instagram, that's not a real conversation. You don't get to see the nuance and hear the the a passion in somebody's voice. And I think that more people need to take the opportunity. Use Zoom. I know we're all kind of stuck inside. Get on side. Get inside. Talk to people. Hop on. 
somebody that you argue with on Facebook, invite them to a video chat, sit down and talk it out. I bet you come away with a way more nuanced conversation than you did through the hateful vitriol that you spit in those social media platforms. Oh, absolutely. And you know, you know, I, I you know, I, texting is good, but I, I really hate it because it you lose like even like when 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 customers contact me to do you know family shoots and stuff like that. I'm like, no, call me. Yeah, I want, I want you to call me because I want to I, I want to hear your voice because your voice will tell me what kind of passion you have for what it is you're trying to do. And that will, that will lead me to what I need to do to make your vision come true. I need to hear your vision and the passion for your vision. Uh, one of the things that I, I, I told my wife when we, when we embarked on this um, photography studio, uh, we were working really, really, really hard, just her and I, and, you know, my kids are grown and we're trying to include them and draft them in. And, you know, they're, you know, kicking and screaming, not really wanting to get too involved. And I said to my wife, I said, babe, I, you know, I can't blame the kids for not seeing what I see because this is my vision. This is my baby. I'm trying to birth this thing out. They don't see it. They don't have the same uh, passion, the same grit the same push, the same drive, because it's not, they, they, they didn't conceive this. I did. This is my vision. So, you know, I'm not mad. You know, I wish they would help because I could use the help, but if they don't, it's not going to deter me because this is mine. So if folks, you know, uh, you know, uh, what, you know, so it's like, uh, it's like with my wife, if it's important to her, I try to make it important to me. And if it's important to me, she tries to make it important to her because that's the only way you're going to get along. That's the only way you're going to be able to to come together on some common ground. And folks, black, white, blue, green, purple, you know, Indian, uh, African, you know, American, African-American. And you've got to make things important that what's important to you has to be important to other folks. And what's important to other folks got to be important to you if you're going to come together and make something great. That's a phenomenal point. And uh, in education, you see it firsthand. The best yep. way to uh, build relationships with your kids is to take interest in the things that they take interest in. Uh, I can tell you so many kids that um, can come off seemingly uh, problematic. They're really not. They're just they're lashing out because they have a, a laundry list of stuff that's going on home that you can't imagine. There's yep. been things that my kids tell me and I'm like, you got to be kidding me. There's kids that watch their dad get shot. I'm not kidding. I had two kids tell me that. And I was like, what in the hell? So I went to their basketball games. I went to see um, soccer games. Boy, that was great. Uh, I had six or seven kids that were on the soccer team. And I showed up and you'd have thought a celebrity showed up on the sideline. I'm not kidding. It made me feel good that they cared that I was there. And then I knew that I was making a difference. And then, you know, you, you know what they're into. So you can then relate that to the relationship. So you're putting forth an effort and that goes a long way. Like you said, that can to tie into your kids that can tie into your wife. Uh, I just had a near and dear friend of mine for many, many years is unfortunately going through a split up with his wife. And the first thing I said to him, I was like, well, what do you do for you? And it was a, a long pause on the phone. And he goes, what do you mean? And I go, there's the problem. And he's like, what? I was like, what do you do for yourself? Well, I work and, you know, we, we hang out with the kids and I go, no, 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 that's not what I asked you. What do you do for you? What are you into? What do you enjoy doing? What do you and your wife enjoy doing together without the kids? Is there something y'all are into? Y'all dancing together? Does she do something that you help take an interest in? Do you play? Are you on a volleyball league? Do you play pool? You got to find some things that you're into and then support each other in that interest. This podcast is a thing for me. My wife, I tell my wife, me and you had some scheduling back and forth. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go hop on. And she's like, okay. She's t- totally supportive in what I'm doing. You know, right. she, she works out. She goes and does different things with her friends. She's into crafts and she'll go have craft nights with her girlfriends. And I'm like, okay, babe, be supportive. How can I help? Right. Is there something you want me to buy for you? Is there something you need? Uh, do you want to go to a craft show and, you know, whatever you want to do, you know, lift each other up, be with right. people. They're going to lift you up, not hold you down. Yep. Pretty simple. I, I love that. Um, how, where can people find you? We'll leave this uh, on that note, because I think you've shared some of the inspirations. A lot of the questions I was going to ask you, 
you already covered it, a professional. <laughs> so where can people find you? Oh, so so right now we are in Novi, Michigan at the Twin Oaks Mall. We'll be here for two days, Saturday and Sunday. So tomorrow and Sunday. And then we'll be leaving out on Sunday. We're taking our sleigh all the way down to Nashville, Tennessee. And we will be there at the mall at Green Hills. And we'll be there on the 9th and the 10th. Um, and then we're going to fly down to Atlanta. And we'll be in Atlanta at the Greenbrier Mall from the 12th through the 24th. So we have a pretty um, uh, packed schedule. And I'm going to try to put in some Zoom um, calls in between uh, some of those uh, set visits. So if you have children and you want to Zoom Santa George, you can do that. You can find me on Facebook at Santa George Smithers on Facebook. You can just look me up and send me a friend request or send me a message request. And we can set up a Zoom call for your children. Um, and or you can find me on Instagram, Santa George 54, Santa George 54. And that's two ways you can contact me for um, virtual visits for your children. Our prices are way affordable and your kids will absolutely enjoy the visit with Santa. Uh, I try to make it very personal. So that's our schedule for the rest of the season, my man. And, and we're excited to do it. We really are. Super, super dope, man. Thank you so much for taking some time to talk with talk with me, George or Santa. Uh, <laughs> I really appreciate it, man. And I can't wait to uh, get this out there so people that uh, can really see some of the things that you're bringing to this beautiful season. I, I appreciate you, man. Man, I appreciate you uh, as well. And you guys have a very, very, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. From my house to yours, this is Santa George. Ho, 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 